Good morning. It's Tuesday, September 15th, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 212. My name is Chris, and I'm excited. In fact, you might even say I'm all charged up to talk about the news. Let's get started by bringing in our Mumble Room. Time appropriate greetings, the Mumble Room. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. So I wasn't kidding. I am all charged up about this next story because the Qualcomm Snapdragon 820 has a massive charging feature. It also has 600 megabits LTE. I'm not so excited about that because I'll never actually get to see that. But it does say it also has 150 megabit upload over LTE. Boy, wouldn't I love that. Been using a lot of wireless lately. So anyways, it has a new Quick Charge 3.0. It's up to 27% faster when refilling your battery. And it has an algorithm that saves energy during those rapid-fire charges, which compared to Quick Charge 2.0, you're going to use uh, 45% less power with this new charging system. Really cool. Uh, you'll have to wait a few months before it shows up. Uh, it's probably going to be in phones next year. But I love the fact that, I mean, yes, the batteries themselves obviously, obviously need to get faster and more uh, higher capacity, I mean. But to get them charged faster, at least, is something. My S6 has uh, the... Uh, has a has Samsung's equivalent, I guess. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but wh- I'm not quite sure what their quick charge technology is called. But it makes a nice difference. And so uh, when I got the S6, I made sure to get the uh, I think it's two amp chargers that uh, really do help. And uh, I think iPhone users have something similar. I don't, I'm sure it's proprietary to Apple. But uh, it, if I don't know if you out there, this is this is probably a tip that most of you are totally aware of. But if you if you get a like a car charger or a wall charger, there are there are differences between the, I think what's the yeah, mumble room. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like the normal wall charger or car charger puts out 1.4 amps to your phone, and if you get one that does two amps and your phone supports it, it'll charge significantly faster. I mean, it's significantly faster. In fact, so much so that I won't buy anything that doesn't do that because it, it's not really worth my time. When I'm driving from place to place, I use one of these quick chargers. I can fill up my phone. And it makes a big difference. Uh, so uh, it says, uh, Imacon points out too, like the Chromebook that charges for 15 minutes and gets two hours or something you know, along those lines. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's this kind of stuff that is really, I, if we can't, so for whatever reason, get the batteries themselves to just last forever, at least we can get them filled up faster. And so that'll be a quick charge 3.0 that will be integrated into um, the Snapdragon processor, but also sometimes... There is like a chipset that uh, Qualcomm puts out separately. You don't have to have the Snapdragon. Not always, though. Next story. Flickr wants you to explore photos in VR. I was really excited by this because I've been looking at VR in a new light uh, since I tried out the Samsung Gear VR. That's the one that works with the S6, and it's not that powerful because it's using the phone's GPU, but it's really simple. You know, you just slap your dumb phone, well, your smartphone, I guess, (laughs) into the visor, and it lights up the visor, and the phone is actually doing all of the Oculus VR stuff. And when you have limited GPU like that, you kind of end up using VR for other things than video games. And it turns out... VR is really good for other things. Like, I'll give you just a few examples. 3D movies are exceptionally great in VR because you don't need a big 3D screen. You don't need to have a, a television that does 3D. You, you are in a 3D environment already, and they immerse you into a, into a theater or, like, on the moon or in, in a car drive-thru like they have, or a drive-thru theater. Like, they have all these different environments they can put you in or no environment at all. That's one thing. But the other thing they've introduced as sort of a – Look what you can do. And if any of you are about my age, you might remember when high-definition TV first started coming out of the market. 
And most of the channels were still in standard def. And so one of the things the cable and satellite providers did is they had dedicated high-definition programming television. There was these channels were nothing but high-definition. And it was a lot of, like, underwater stuff and, you know, sporting events from Europe and (laughs) just all these things that the only reason you even put them on is because you had family and friends coming over and you wanted them to see high-definition picture. And so that's what these channels were for. And now everything's in high-definition. This is the stage that VR is in right now. They have these demo channels. And one of these demo channels is a totally immersive exploration of Paris, right by the Eiffel Tower. And when I went there, I realized when you combine things like the movie experience, the exploring of the Eiffel Tower, there is much more to VR than just shooting things and flying around in space, even though you can't do that too. And so Flickr jumping on this right away is, I think, a really big deal. And here's the other reason I want to really, I really want to congratulate Flickr, is one of the technologies I was really impressed by at LinuxCon this year was Mozilla's Web VR. I don't believe Flickr is using that here, but the idea that you could take a VR experience and have it integrated into the web browser without any extra application needed, just the hardware device to view it, just the web browser, and Web VR is an open standard. That is very exciting because you can do this with pretty much any smartphone and cardboard. I think 2016 is going to be a really big year for this if everything goes well. And I would look at this Flickr uh, launch as it's early, but it's, it's a, it was one of the demonstrations for me that I realized VR has a lot of different implications for training, for, for experiencing new things beyond just the gaming aspect of it. Does anybody have any thoughts on VR in the mumble room before we jump to the next story? Not yet. So this is – you have to experience it. And then once you experience it, uh, it's not like the, uh, the old uh, uh, Nintendo stuff and the, it was like red lines. It's, it is really quite different. My kids were fighting, or fighting each other over trying to get my, uh, my, Ocula- my Samsung Gear VR. Oh, did you get a Gear VR? Yeah. Once, uh, once I saw that you had gotten it, I was looking for the release. <laughs> yeah. um, it came out in Canada like six weeks later. And so I finally got it and uh, got an S6 at the time, and my kids were, like, fighting me They love it, it, don't they? Yeah. My son loves it. Do you uh, – you know what I'm talking about, like that movie theater experience where you're on the moon or you're in a, you're in a theater yeah, room? Yeah, you can have either deep, dark space, moon, uh, movie theater, or um, uh, Bugs Life kind of thing, like short, yeah. like you're really tiny. Did that click for you too, those different experiences? Did you realize, okay, there's more to VR than just, like, what I've been kind of concept- – when I, when I conceptualize VR, honestly, I've been conceptualizing a first-person shooter or – or all those kinds of things. Uh, I had, when I saw that, I was like, this is amazing. I just wish that, uh, in theory, if I had somebody else beside me who also had the headset on, that they could somehow link together yes. and you could have them both in there. You could see each other. It's interesting you say that. So I was thinking, you know, wouldn't this, so I'm going on this road trip and, you know, I'm going to be in closed quarters and wouldn't it be really cool to be able to put this on and watch a movie and just create my own private space even though I'm right there in the vehicle, maybe in the, you know, obviously in the passenger seat, not driving. And, uh, and the first thought was, well, that sounds awfully isolated. It would be nice if, like, you know, when we were parked or something like that, it could be a shared experience. Like, it, it does become very, it becomes a very solo independent task because you're either looking like a dork around other people and they can't experience it. They have zero concept of what you're experiencing because they literally cannot conceive what you're experiencing by watching you from the outside. And so you look like a total dork and then from the outside. And then also you're completely disconnected and isolated from them, especially if you do it right and you have headphones in. They could leave the room and you'd have no idea. 
and and so it really becomes a solo task, a solo activity. So that that interoperability, and you know, they're going to have to do it with avatars. They're not. I don't. I doubt they'll be able to do it. I don't know. I mean, those things do have cameras on them, the phones, but it's a fascinating topic. Yeah, but the uh, the camera when you try and do the um, the pass through, yeah, mm-hmm. the pass through, it just doesn't look good. At no, all. it doesn't. No, no. No, it does not. You know, it is, you know, it is clunky having it run off a phone because, you know, it has all the problems a phone has. If you accidentally turn the screen off and lock it, well, then you have to eject it out of the cradle of the VR headset, unlock your phone, put it back in the headset. But, of course, now you've probably just gotten your finger grease on it, which is going to kind of smudge the VR picture a little bit. So rub it on your shirt real quick, you know, all this kind of crap. Then put it in the thing and make sure you have headphones on. But because the headphone cable and the phone have to sit in the cradle, it's a little wonky. And it's just, you know, it's not perfect, but it is exciting and interesting. And if you've already got an S6, it's not that much more to get the VR headset. But then you have to realize once you're done with that S6, well, I guess, you know, if you've got kids or something, they could play with it for ages, especially if, you know, you have a Ting phone or something. All right. We've got to talk about this Microsoft story that is just incredulous. And, you know, I... Uh, I I, can't, I don't think I did run the report, but I almost did. You know, when I'm when I'm reviewing the stories I'm going to talk about on Tech Talk today, I, I try to take like a 50,000-foot view and say, okay, like if we zoomed out two weeks and somebody listened to this episode, did that story matter? Did that did that, did that story hold up? And who knows when you cover them at, during the day, but I try to take my best judgment there. And so Microsoft released this story last week as a press announcement that just touting the millions of downloads, millions of downloads for Windows 10. And I, I almost flagged it because I thought, wow, this really marks the success of Windows 10. And then I thought to myself, and everybody ran it. You probably all saw it. I thought to myself, there's more to the story. Something about that, I mean, something, I mean, I know it's free, but something about that isn't clicking. I'm like, are they counting beta downloads? Like, I was trying to parse the numbers. So I put it on my to-do list and I didn't run the story. Well, I think this is part two of that story that probably explains why my gut reaction said something was a little off. This is... Um, Apparently, uh, an exclusive, according to the register, or I mean the Inquirer, but it's happening to so many people, I don't know how you could possibly call an exclusive. But you probably saw this. Microsoft, just in case, is automatically downloading Windows 10 to your machine. Microsoft has confirmed that Windows 10 is being downloaded to computers whether or not users have opted in. Of course, Inquirer readers pointed out that despite not having reserved a copy of Windows 10, he found out that the B, the tilde BT folder, which has been the home of images of the new operating system since before the rollout began, had appeared on his system. He told us that the symptoms had reported had the systems had repeated failed upgrade to Windows 10 in the Windows update history, and a huge 3.5 to 6 gigabyte hidden folder labeled dollar sign Windows period tilde BT. Now this is where that this image is at dollar sign Windows period tilde BT. Now, you guys are, if you're familiar with Windows Update, you kind of probably already grok how this works. But essentially, uh, it kind of downloads with, uh, without much regard for storage, too. There's, there's stories in here about uh, someone who had a media center, and his media center machine, essentially, it was just a tiny SSD because all of his videos were on his uh, LAN. And so it downloads Windows 10, and it filled up his media center PC. And now he also can't do an update. How can this possibly be happening and the other thing that runs through my head is I've been staying in the trailer in preparation for this road trip. I have been living there, and I have been dealing with wireless connectivity issues. And the machines, when they're connected to like a MiFi device, they have no idea if they're on a mirror. I'm sorry, on a um, t- uh, like a tiered, like metered connection. 
They have no idea what any kind of – and they just, you know, they fire up Dropbox like a jerk. They start, they start doing automatic updates. I mean it is – it is a, it is an unmanageable system for average users. If I if I lost six gigs of my twenty monthly gigabyte download or whatever it is that I quote myself at, if I had to spend six gigabytes of that while my laptop downloaded Windows ten in the background, I would be enraged. That would be up. That that would be so much money spent because all of my connectivity right now is done over cellular. And but the laptop doesn't have any idea I'm on cellular because it's on a MiFi device. It has just a it has a Wi-Fi connection as far as it knows. And so many things like on mobile and on laptops, when you have a when you oh you got a you got a you got a Wi-Fi connection, okay, good to go. I'll just download this stuff. I when I this this seems inconceivable to me that Microsoft could possibly do this. And of course, it's going to juice up the numbers. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this? I mean, doesn't this seem above and beyond to download a three to six gigabyte update to people's computers? Like, is that is that okay to do? No. Okay. Microsoft has gone way off the rails on this one. Like, remember when we got like all uh, upset when uh, Apple downloaded that U two album to people's iPhones? <laughs> yeah, that was popular. Yeah, this is way worse. This is way worse, in my opinion. Like uh, the this like the stories of people's hard drives getting filled up with this, uh, or like some devices that only have thirty two gigabytes of storage. It it really uh, it really it, I just it really Microsoft is really out of touch with this, and it really shows they were desperate to get a big number with Windows ten, and they took their best distribution platform possible. They have for so long, you know, been drilling in do the updates, do the updates, do the updates, and they've gotten so many people to turn that on. And after all of these years of telling us to do the updates, it's important for you. We're working very hard to make sure these updates don't mess up your machine. Trust us. Install these updates. We're protecting the Internet. You're protecting all of us. Then after all of that, they abuse that privilege and they send down Windows 10 to everybody's computer. Oh, I mean, that is just gross. I'm sure it's only certain qualifying computers. Yes, and uh, you know, as Casey's pointing out in the chat room... Uh, the EULA on later versions of Windows requires you to opt out of updates. Um, Lerant, Lanrant says maybe they're testing reactions of people that they don't care. They'll just use spare bandwidth. This, there's no such thing as spare bandwidth anymore. I mean, like, even Comcast users have caps. There's so many people that have caps. It seems, it seems almost egregious. I, I am so thankful that I don't have a Windows 10 machine on my MiFi connection that – or I'm sorry. I guess it would be a Windows 7 or 8 machine, wouldn't it, that would be downloading this update. Uh, I wonder. I wonder. You know. I wonder how many people will be so uh, incensed by this. They might consider another operating system. Consider the number of people that have rural internet over things like satellite or uh, or wireless broadband, things like that. Those people have like data caps of like ten gigs to a hundred gigs. Lord, did this happen to you? Oh, I don't think your mic's working, Lord Shadowing. He says he's upset by at Microsoft quite a bit. Um, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no yeah. problem. I was uh, I'm on Windows Seven right now, and you brought mentioned that, and I I got I just re upgraded my computer. I got a 240 gig Intel M.2 solid state drive and a an Intel Xeon processor that I got for 250. Um, but yeah, you mentioned that, and it's a hidden folder on the C drive, and it is taking up. Oh, let's see. Right now, it's only taking 160 megabytes, but it's there. 
and it's pissing me off. Because so it's probably doing like a trickle download in the background. So it probably monitors your machine activity. I mean, they're good about this. They they have a system that can see how busy your machine is. They get a sense of how busy your bandwidth is, and so they think they're doing a really good job at that. And so therefore, they're justified in doing it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And my brother is planning on going to Windows 10, but Windows 10 is a privacy nightmare. Right, Every right. single thing you do gets sent back to Microsoft, the NSA, and the CIA. <laughs> well, the the real core issue I think there is this kind of behavior is just going to continue. And, 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 and really Windows 10... Uh, I think is just going to be the embodiment of this kind of this kind of behavior. They are taking a, um, I think they're starting to take a more of a firmware hardware approach to this. They they want to treat it more like they treat phones, and so that's how they're starting to view this. And they just expect the public will get used to it, and uh, maybe maybe average users will get used to it, and maybe you know SSD drives will eventually be a minimum of five hundred and twelve gigabytes, and. Uh, this won't even be – we'll look back and go, oh, remember when we were upset that they auto-downloaded six gigs? <laughs> uh, and maybe that will be like that in five years. But for right now, that's not the reality. And for those of us who are on limited connections, um, it's not going to be the reality for years, even more than that. And so it doesn't work for me. And I don't think it works for Lord Shadowing and I don't think it works for a lot of us. So I think Microsoft probably lost some customers over this. As soon as I get done with my college, yeah, I'm done with Microsoft. Screw the games. Screw most support for a lot of stuff. I'm just I'm either BSD or Linux. <laughs> so this next story, I just you know I like to poke fun at the normal tech coverage. Uh, I'm I just so much of the tech news is just the worst. It's just the worst. They talk about things that don't matter, and they just they circle jerk over products that are uh, less than impressive in reality, and they send these things up into the stratosphere with buzz and hype. And then you buy them, you spend your hard earned money on them, and then you find out that that's not really everything it's made out to be. And you start to wonder, why did the tech press get so worked up? Why were there so many great articles about how this is a revolutionary product? Well, that happened just recently. This is a great example that points that out. Uh, the, the press went to a Sony demo and looked at this new Sony 4K smartphone, and they were stoked. The Xperia Z5 Premium, an Android smartphone with the world's first 4K display. It's completely gorgeous. I mean, it is a thin machine, and it's got a gorgeous camera on the back. And they had a hands-on area where the press got to go play with it. And uh, only the best press, like the vets, got to go into the hands-on area. Some real seasoned tech reporters go in there. And uh, they were putting on the display. And everybody's looking. I got some pictures if you're looking at the video stream here. And lots of comments and tweets about how amazing this display was and about how Sony has beaten Apple and has crushed Samsung and really knocked it out. Uh, Turns out they were all 1080p displays. The demo units. The press was all looking at 1080p displays. They weren't 4K at all. Nope. Even though they are tweeting about how groundbreaking it was and revolutionary, they then all had to realize that all had been amazed by a 1080p display. That's all it was. So I guess, in other words, in one way, it's sort of like a reverse look how amazing Sony's 1080p display is. But in another way, it shows you how the tech press goes out and just iconifies these devices and 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 starts these wars destroys a new iphone 6s display before it even ships like what you know all this kind of stuff and then turns out they were completely wrong they're all looking at 1080p displays it's embarrassing i know no more than that i just 
Soapbox ends. This one's fun. Uh, are we all voting for John McAfee? I love this NBC news headline. I wonder what NBC's angle is on this story. Ex-fugitive antivirus creator John McAfee running for president. Yeah, that's right. John McAfee is running for president. I got it right here. Of America's Declaration of Independence and Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, text of agonizing beauty in the face of today's harsh realities, could not have anticipated a world in which spy cameras are hidden in cactuses. The government surreptitiously parses our verbal communications, and the concept of privacy is fast approaching extinction. They could not have anticipated a world in which information is the prime commodity of exchange, at the expense of grace, compassion, solitude, and the remaining fragile components of the besieged human heart. So he's uh, he's running for president, and uh, he's launching also the Cyber Party, and uh, he had to go on Greta's show to answer some hard questions. Because, you know, John McAfee does have a bit of a criminal record, so, you know, Greta asked him about his criminal record, and this is where I realized uh, his campaign's already going off the rails. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the, the time when you were considered a, a person of interest in a homicide. Um, where does that stand? Well, the person of interest, they interviewed all the neighbors. However, uh, I was sort of at war with police at the time over the fact that they had stormed my property in the jungle, destroyed my laboratory, and shot my dog in front of my eyes. By the way, with... Remember, this guy just announced on her show 30 seconds previously that he's running for president, okay? An AR-15 supplied by the American government, shot by a soldier trained by the FBI in Quantico. No, uh, I was not charged with anything. They wanted to question me. Now, in a third world country in Central America, frequently that involves stringing you up by the heels, putting a football helmet on your head, and beating with a baseball bat until your brains turn to mush. That's not the type of questioning I'm interested in, Greta. So, <laughs> I have offered beliefs, if you really do want to question me, come to America or any neutral country. They've ignored me. They really don't want to question me. Uh, they wanted to punish me for, for exposing all sorts of corruption. So I was not charged. Uh, you, and you forgot to bring up the DUI for a few weeks ago uh, in Tennessee, and I'll explain that. Okay, so he says you forgot to bring up the DUI. He brings up the DUI himself right after he announces he's running for president. Uh, that was based on a prescription medication I obtained that day and took that day for the very first time. I, I, did, not, I did not do well with it. Uh, two hours after taking it, I was arrested. My lawyer assures me the case will be dismissed. Um, there was no alcohol. There were no uh, nothing else that, that was that was taken. So, uh, you know, if this is a problem again, I am not a perfect person, and and you know, I will I will fess up to anything that I've done. Unlike Bill Clinton, I smoked dope too. Only I didn't inhale. <laughs> yes, look and at I this. took other drugs. Okay, and there we you go. May ask me Good. Any question, Keep I going. Will be Keep going. About it. But but is this the issue? Is it? Okay. 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 <laughs> stop. 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 That's just so great, though. Uh, you know, I do love that he is honest about it. You're right about that. And uh, I, I have a theory. My, I have a little conspiracy bacon about why John McAfee is doing this. Because if you search right now for McAfee 2016, you get antivirus products. I believe this man is trying to destroy the McAfee antivirus brand. I believe he is doing anything he can to steal Google searches from McAfee. I think when you, when you search for McAfee 2016, he wants him to show up. He wants, every, he wants to own that McAfee brand again, I think, because it's his last name. And he's crazy and he's rich. And he wants Intel to call it Intel Advanced Security Suite, and he doesn't want any McAfee, anything, because he knows it's a horrible product. He knows, he said in interviews, that they destroyed it, and he doesn't want his name associated with it. I think... 
I truly think he is only doing it because he's rich and he gets coverage for free and he can just do it. And so he's doing it. Why not do it? He's bored. He's rich. He can make a name for himself. It keeps him in the press. And he can – anything he can do to damage the McAfee rep, the brand for antivirus and steal it back for himself, I think he's going to do. Actually, I have read some of the documents regarding his – and I think he's actually being serious about running for president. And honestly, if he actually gets through it, I would vote for him. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, okay, all right. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I just can't imagine. I, who would want that job? Who was actually saying and would want that? Well, he's not saying, so. Yeah, maybe he is. You're right. Yeah, okay, all right, I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, uh, I, I, I should have done it. I should have thought of this. This is a great way to raise money. I'll tell you, that would be a good because we need it right now. We are down to 553 patrons, which is really kind of a bummer as we are building up towards this road trip. This is an investment in an ongoing mobile studio. This is something we're going to keep doing for a long time. And what the, the, the sort of behind-the-scenes uh, um, production aspect of that is is we need – we need additional support staff, uh, not so much in like uh, like Roger Roger over this, but uh, I'm going to be on the road recording all of my side locally, and then the people at the other end will be recording all of their side locally. It's called a double ender. That way, my audio when I'm on the road, the idea is if all if all goes as planned, sounds just as good as it does or as good as it could when I'm in studio. You know, we have a shot because it's my local recording instead of a Skype connection or a mumble uh, remote recording coming into the studio. Instead of me Skyping into the studio and uh, just having that audio recorded, we'll take my local, uh, you know, uncompressed recording and then I send that off remotely. We have an audio editor who's going to stitch that together, the both remote ends, and then delivers that to Rikai. Well, he will then produce the video version that goes out. And to do that... We have to do that for all of the shows while I'm on the road. And so the support costs for us go up to do that. And I would very, very much appreciate if you have some extra money to support us right now at patreon.com slash today. We've seen a drop off mostly I think in a response to changes in my personal life, which is a little unfortunate because those changes really happened a, a, a little bit ago and they haven't really affected things. Um, I, I, but it is what it is. I understand. People have it's – it's their, it's their choice. Uh, but I would love your support at patreon.com slash today. As we're going into this, we're building into something. It's going to be something new for us, but I think it's going to be something big for us, something that's going to help us connect with community more and something that's going to change things up, add some variety, some new interesting aspects and elements to the show. We're recording from different locations, meeting up with people along the way. In fact, I'm going to talk more about that in just a second. I think it's a really big thing for the network. And I think it could lead to some really cool new features, new shows, new one-off things that happen from time to time, more additional content, and also exclusive content for our patrons. So I really would love to see some support there at patreon.com slash today. That, of course, will help go to support the production efforts for all of the shows, all of the shows while we're on the road. And uh, I also want to speak of while we're on the road, I should touch on that. We have a meetup coming up in Spokane. The first one is officially scheduled. We'll have more when we hit the road at the Steam Plant Brewery, the Steam Plant Brewery, which is in Spokane, Washington, and it's on Saturday, September nineteenth. Coming up just this Saturday, it'll be our first stop on the road trip, and we'll probably spend the night in Spokane. And it looks like we have about seven people going right now, and we'd love to have more if you are in the uh, Spokane area. This is looks like a great place, the Steam Plant Brewery. And uh, we'd love to see you there. Meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting to go RSVP and find out more information. And if you are along I-90, 
meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. Just sign up because as we go along, we'll probably set up some new meetups if we get people uh, interested in the uh, messaging form saying where you're at. Uh, look for Odyssey Westra in there. He's uh, looking for those and setting up meetups. Meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. Check the calendar too, especially for this show. If I am right now not inclined to record a daily show while I'm on the road because I'm probably going to need that time to drive so I can set up and do show prep and research and, and then production. You know, I'm going to have to assemble the studio each time. So that is going to take probably the bulk of my time that I would do this show. More than that, really. So I think what I'm going to try to do from time to time is maybe record offline versions and then pop them over to the editors to have them uh, put online. And uh, I think that's kind of maybe going to be a way to uh, do something, you know, maybe just kind of one off for a little while during the road trip. And then we'll figure that out when I get back. But I kind of like that idea of during the trip doing something special with Tech Talk. When I first started um, sort of conceptualizing the show, I did I did really like the idea of recording it from different locations a lot. So that could be really cool. I don't know. So check the calendar for, for those kinds of changes, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Also my Twitter feed, twitter.com slash chrislas. And the network is Jupiter Signal. Um, and uh, I think that will probably be where, the way Tech Talk will get produced while I'm on the road, depending on how much time I have. I don't know, though. There's some – it would be fun every now and then to go even to a meetup if we had one and have the mumble room there. So you, yeah, we'll see. If I did that, you just never know. You can find out by following me on Twitter. Okay, so I uh, I wanted to wrap up with a, a classic intro. See, a lot of you out there probably know uh, Mr. Hasselhoff from Baywatch or from his uh, music in Germany or that time he was eating a hamburger on the floor or that show where people make a fool of themselves. You probably might even know him from a show before all of that. This is where I know Mr. Hasselhoff from. That's right, friends. It's Knight Rider. Enjoy. Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. who operate above the law. 